Well, welcome to another edition of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I always love, 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 love doing these. So as you know, I am your host, Gail Edwards, known as the Personal Brand Disruptor. And today I'm joined by my lovely co-host, of course, the wonderful Lubna Zaru, the only action accelerator. In the house. Great. Now, the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi adoring entrepreneurs. That's the crux, sushi adoring. We show you how their success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and bustle of grinding. So who have we got that fits that description with us this week? Now, I really hope I get the pronunciation right because, oh gosh, this is going to be a challenge. But we have got with us today the lovely Lisa Zorotny. Yes. Yes. Right. So who is Lisa? So Lisa Zorotny, she is a certified stress management coach who specializes in productivity and organizing. Think Marie Kondo. Okay. However, she is the founder of Positively Productive Systems and also the host of Positively Living Podcasts. I think that's going to get me more than Marie Kondo ever got me, to be honest. <laughs> so as a speaker, workshop facilitator and coach, Lisa shares the powerful healing of simplicity, self-care and structure by helping you to declutter your life, both inside and out, and also helps you to design custom customized systems and habits that help you do less, live more, and breathe easier. (sighs) So Lisa became a professional organizer and productivity coach. After a deeply overwhelming time in her own life, she was juggling multiple roles as a caregiver, wife, mother, business owner. So she knows how that feels. And now she's on a mission to help the chronically overwhelmed, (laughs) hello, that's me, make space for what matters in their lives. In addition to stress management, she has certifications in life coaching, time management, and meditation. And she's also a member of the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Who knew that there was such an organization? It's a thing. It's a thing. Lisa, you have to start there by telling us more. But before that, welcome to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast, Lisa. Thank you. It is a delight to be here. (laughs) It's certainly a delight for us to have you. So tell us, what is this NAPOP all about? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Who knew that was a thing? It was something I discovered because I had a background in, in awareness of associations. I used to work for an association relating to the travel and tourism industry, and I knew that was a thing. And when I became a professional organizer, which happened after I cleared out my own life and my own clutter with... I was a caregiver for my mom and I had my babies and it was a very unusual and overwhelming situation. And when I stepped forward and said, okay, it's time to essentially declutter my life inside and out and then found it so healing that I wanted to do it for other people, I was like, okay, how do I do this? Uh, I can start as a professional organizer. I can help people clear the obvious clutter in their lives. There must be an association out there <laughs> that supports, and there was, and that's how I ended up as a member of NAPO, and I've, I've been a member ever since because I do believe in, in business associations and, and that networking, and to their credit, they've moved into productivity professionals as well as professional mm. organizers, so they grew and I grew and, and pivoted. Lovely, so. lovely, lovely. 
vocabulary. Yeah. I really like that because like you said, I would never have thought, but you know, every, every industry and every professional deserves to be supported and deserves yes. to be supported professionally. So I'm glad to hear that. So if you're in that industry, if you're a listener and you're thinking, oh, I had no idea that there was an association for productivity professionals. There you go. You've now already, Lisa, you've been invaluable already. <laughs> we haven't even got started yet. Just like that. <laughs> and just so you know, this is a national association in the United States of America. Yes. Yeah. So uh, if you're listening here and you're from any other country and thinking, really? I don't know if that, you might have, there might be a business association for professional organizers and productivity experts in your country. Just, just search. You never know. Mm-hmm. If there isn't, start one. There you go. Start one, and now you know that there is one in the US that you can always go for guidance and support. Start one. Absolutely. Brilliant. So, Lisa, before we even get into the real crux of this interview, you know we've got to start with the important bits, the fundamentals, the foundations that every entrepreneur and business owner absolutely needs when they come on this podcast. Yes. So, are you ready? I am. Okay. So, Lisa, come on, tell us all. What's your favorite sushi? And why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ready to tell you that. Now, you know, I had this moment where I was like, I know we're going to talk about this because, again, it's the fundamentals, right? And, and I thought, I, I, I thought for a, a long time, well, okay, I have a favorite. And then is there an expectation of what I should say? I'm not about the shoulds. I'm about tell it like it is. And I'm going to tell you that the special place in my heart goes to the first sushi roll I ever had and still have. And it's now my daughter's favorite who is turning 10 in September. It is the California. Yes! (laughs) My favorite. My favorite. The California roll. It just is. It's, you know, it's a classic for a reason and I love it. (laughs) And, you know, I think, and I'm going to really stick my head out on this one, stick it right above the parapet. I think there's something about entrepreneurs that prefer the California yeah, roll. I, I, think, I think we're a kind of special set, actually. Yeah, yeah there's checked? a pattern and beginning to yeah, I was going to say, yeah. what's the data telling you now that you're having well, these conversations? Yeah, yeah the mm. data's telling me that we're kind of special. Mm. <laughs> That's good data. That sounds yeah. like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm kinda, with you. I'm kind of liking that. So <laughs> what was your first experience, Lisa? How did you come to love the Cali roll and, or to love sushi in general? Well, first of all, I love food in general. <laughs> that, that always helps. And, you know, I think actually I was inspired by all of my time watching the Food Network and coming to understand that there was all this cuisine out there that I hadn't necessarily experienced when I was younger. I had some amazing German cooking from my mom. Do not get me wrong. There's some really great cultural dishes I grew up with. But there were certain things, random things like, you know, sushi and, and chili and things like that, that were, it was it was not on the menu. And as I got older and I started to learn, it's that whole, you don't know what you don't know. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a thing. Oh, okay. Let me check that out. And it was, I think my appreciation for Asian cuisine and getting into those tastes and flavors. And I was like, oh, wait, now you're telling me that there's this rice and rolls and they're beautiful. It's like artwork meets food. Hello. And, <laughs> and I just, I went for it and went in and tried it. And the California roll seems like that, that I call it the starter sushi, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a starter, but like you say, it's also a classic, you know, some of us more vintage sushi you know appreciators we yeah we kind of we stand by the cali roll 
Absolutely. Yeah, well, it, it, it is my favorite, and I know it's your favorite, and it is the favorite of my three-year-old niece, mm-hmm. and her one-year-old sister, is it's her favorite. So, yeah, there's Aww. a pattern starting to emerge here. So, yeah. Yeah, my children, too. That's their... And I even asked my daughter, I said, you understand, I'm on a podcast today <laughs> that we're talking about business and sushi. And she looked at me and she goes, what about cats? So that's a question for you. And I said, don't worry, I'll, I'll ask. But I said, no, we, we want to be clear. It's the California roll, right? And she said, absolutely. And I said, okay, yeah, because that's what I'm saying. And so I got her <laughs> what, about, what about cats? I love, now you see, if there isn't already a, pet, a cat podcast, then I'd be really surprised. I, I, I'm assuming that there are already hundreds of podcasts already dedicated to cats because they are the most fascinating, funny creatures ever. <laughs> they really True. are. They really are. So So, go for the go, go for it, Libna. So one of the things that one of the goals of this podcast is to give insight into the personality of sushi adoring entrepreneurs. So we also ask, we've started to ask this question uh, a couple of episodes ago is if Lisa Zorotny was a sushi, what would the ingredients be? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. why? Oh, okay. This is going to be a little tough because she probably is the weekly special because she likes to change it up a bit. (laughs) Okay. But I will tell you that these are the consistent components. Avocado. Okay. Because, just because. Do I have to say more? Okay. If I have to say more. No, I don't. Thank you. That's enough. Thank you. That's what I thought too. Okay. Avocado is absolutely part of it. Cucumber is part of it. Okay. And I think because I don't like to have to choose, I'm going to say salmon and tuna. Oh, I I love the rebelliousness and the disruption going on there. I thought you might. (laughs) And last but not least, it's the inside out style. Oh, okay. I'm liking that. Okay, you're really, do you know what? We get so many, so many square pegs on this podcast (laughs) and and I love it. Love it. Welcome them all the time. So would you have any sauce, any wasabi, anything like that? The sauce will be optional. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is brilliant. I love it. Love it. (laughs) Oh, Lisa. Oh, the other... Look, you just never know what you're going to get here. I love no. the sauce. <laughs> right. Right. <sighs> oh, dear. So, Lisa, you've got you to gotta tell us about this business. So, who, who typically are the people that you're working with and helping with? You know, who, who's showing up messy, basically? That's what I'm asking. Who's showing up messy? Let's expose them. <laughs> you know, I, I love that you said that, and I want to add something to it that I think is so, so important because we just, before we began recording, talked a bit about being multi-passionate and so excited about so many things. So mm-hmm. I want to clarify that the people who come to me sometimes feel like they are utterly messy, yeah. but also it can be that they are just so excited about so many things that it's utterly overwhelming. So it's whatever the reason, there's an overwhelm happening. And I love to say that overwhelm isn't just having too much, but not knowing what to do next. Yeah. Yes. 
Oh, I can really identify with that. As someone who is multi-passionate, as we were talking um, earlier, you know, sometimes I do nothing because I just don't know what to do. It's not that I have nothing to do. It's that I just don't know what to do next, where to start. So mm-hmm. I love that there's somebody like you who's there to help people like us to say, right, there, you start here, you do this. So how, how do you get into that process with people like us? Well, first we have a conversation where we find out what our favorite sushi is because that's an important place to start. In all seriousness, though, it's that connection and understanding who you are and how you work. I say that our number one productivity tool is self-awareness. And so when right? When we start working together, you are taking quizzes for me. We're having fun. Myers-Briggs and the four tendencies quiz and the DISC profile, right? ENFP. Hi, D. (laughs) Hi, D. I'm an unusual combination with the D and the S and the I and low C. There's a shocker for you, I know. And (laughs) I know you're stunned, so I'm glad you're sitting down. (laughs) All right, so I'm ENFP. Yeah. And, and so uh, coming to understand yourself and, and then, of course, me understanding you and how you tick, that's the first thing. Then it's the core values. And that's where you create those filters. You mentioned Marie Kondo. She's got a great filter that's a good starting point for people. Does it spark joy? But at some point you're going, yeah, sushi sparks joy, but the rest of it I'm a little muddy on. <laughs> well, that's where I step in and we say, let's go beyond that. What's your family situation like? What do you love? Lubna, you love books. There's never going to be a day we work together where I say anything about you removing books. That's important <laughs> to you. Information yeah. and, and, and constant lifelong learning is a huge core value for you. You don't touch that. You honor that. Yeah. So that's, that's the starting point when I'm working because we're... When we say decluttering, it's not about getting rid of things. It's about making space for what matters. I really, I absolutely love that. And I love that you emphasized the self-awareness part. I see so many entrepreneurs focus on the strategies and the tactics, which is great, but it's the outside. You're trying to do something and impacting the outside, but you're not taking into account the inside. Mm -hmm. And I believe that business is psychology for 80% and it's understanding Mm. you. And the more you understand yourself, which is a lifelong journey, Journey, be really honest. Yeah. Um, is the better you will be able to make decisions about strategy and tactics. Absolutely. And I see it, the whole idea of the, the strategies and the methods happening a lot in an industry relating to productivity and organizing. Yeah. And I appreciate that, that they're trying to come up with solutions and wins and structure for people to try something. But what often happens is someone will try something such as Marie Kondo's system. And if it works, they think it's the best thing ever. And if it doesn't, they feel like a failure, which breaks my heart. There's no shame in this game at all. It's about understanding and pivoting and adjusting and course correcting. And what's happening that they don't realize is that for some people, that was the right structure for them. And for others, it wasn't. And they, they skipped over that inner work part because I know that's, that's, <laughs> that's the tough stuff. So we want to just whew, like go right over that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I love that you said it because um, uh, some even say that about meditation. Because for some, asking them to sit still for 20 minutes and completely clear their brain is 
is more overwhelming than saying, but medita- meditation can also be just having the thoughts grow, go through you and embrace whatever comes up for you instead of trying to be still. Yes. I mean, if you were to say to me, be still, mm. I'm like, are you I don't kidding see that. me? I can't. Yes. My brain goes in all sorts of paces and things. I probably, I could get to the point where meditation is stillness for me. But for me, it's more about embracing those thoughts, slowing them down, and then making a decision on, okay, what's the one I want to go with? Mm -hmm. And I think that if you only explain meditation is, is sitting still and clearing your mind, you are not being inclusive of people with personality and traits that can never be still. Yes, exactly. I just did a podcast on this and explained what the of meditation is because if you go back to it, it's about having a quieted but clear and focused mind. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's about decluttering it. But again, it's not about getting rid of things. It's about making the space, giving yourself the space. And you're right. There are so many different ways that you can do this. For someone who is really active and is like sitting still and doing that just sounds horrible. My suggestion is, how about we start with breathing and maybe do some walking meditation or listen to something guided and walk. Keep moving. It's all meditation because it's, it's all just different paths to getting to the purpose of what you're trying to do. You know, I'm loving this conversation around meditation because as a Christian, one of the things for me, you know, praying is quite essential for me. Mm-hmm. And meditation for me is so praying, prayer for me is where I may ask and thank and, you know, all the usual stuff around prayer. But meditation is where I listen. That's where I get, that's where I get my download. That's, where, that's, that's, that, that's when I get the response. So, yeah, that, that, and that's how, and it's worked like that for me for many, 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 many years now, probably about 15 years. But, and I find that when I'm not doing that, when I'm not using it as my listening time, then my thoughts go all over. But mm. when I say when I say right, it's time to tune in and listen. That's when I get what I need from the meditation. And you know, it's really good to hear that you advocate walking meditations as well, because you can meditate and move. A lot of people don't realise that. They don't realise that. So I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that, Lisa. So mm. you've you've got a lot of things under your belt. It's not just like you say, it's not just about the decluttering. I love the whole concept of making space for what matters because I always thought of decluttering as, you know, having to get rid of. And then it's a case of, well, I can't choose, you know, <laughs> I don't want to get rid of that. And, and supposing I do need it in 10 years time. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a natural response. The first thing that happens when you say, I'm going to take that from you is what? Oh, no, you're not. And then you hold on to it. Even if you didn't even want it, you still, on principle, it's a natural human reaction that we have to that feeling that we have to, or that we should, or that something's being taken from us. Those are, yeah, reframing it to the idea of what do you really want in your life? What belongs? And because when you, even just listening to you say that, when you think about, well, what do I actually want? What do I want to make space for? It's like, well, if that's what you want, well, okay, I'm now willing to let that go because yeah, it's in the way, right? I can't live there anymore. You know, I love it. I love it, love it, love it. So just tell us a little bit, um, Lisa, so how long have you been running your business? 
my LLC began in January 2016. So, okay. Yeah, so, so there's still a little while. You've survived mm-hmm. the, the crucial to first two years. Yes. <laughs> but you've got, you've got over that. So in, in this time of you running your business and obviously juggling other things mm-hmm. as well, what would you say have been some of your biggest lessons, some of your biggest learnings? Well, first of all, one of the things that I teach has also been a lesson that I've had repeatedly, and that is something that I constantly preach. And it's very rare that I will preach. Most of the time I'm asking questions and I'm, you know, encouraging. But the one thing I will preach is that simplicity will serve you far better than complexity. For some reason, we believe that value comes from the things that are complicated and involved. And truly, I mean, I'm sure the two of you know this firsthand at how effective simple things can be. So that's one big lesson. Yeah, most definitely. I'm a big believer in keeping it simple. I don't, my, my, my core business, if you like, is messaging. So mm-hmm. obviously with copywriting and whatever. So I'm always trying to get people to just simplify their message because it connects more. You know, how many times, and I always, I hear it when I ask people that, that vital question, what do you do? And I hear all this stuff and I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I say to them, the first thing I say is, well, I can guarantee that's going to, that's guaranteed to give your customers, your clients, whoever you're speaking to, a, a severe case of networkers net. And they're like, mm. well, what is that? And I said, do you ever have people, whilst you're telling them what you do, that start looking over your shoulder and start <laughs> straining their neck? Is, that's networkers neck. They're looking for somebody else more interesting to speak to. Yeah. <laughs> okay? They've you, zoned out, bright, shiny, ooh, squirrel, you know, right? <laughs> they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, you know? right. so, and, and that is about, because automatically especially again if you're multi-passionate people think you've got to throw it all in they don't miss anything else and they know everything that i do and everything that i am no keep it simple let them ask questions engage in conversation so that you can connect you know that that's how we have real communication so yeah, yeah. We're, we're big simplicity lovers over here as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and it reminds me of something that um, uh, one of my friends and, and, and colleagues that I've worked with, a facilitator, workshop facilitator, and she still does that work, many years ago said to me, but Lubna, one of the things that you are really good at is making complex things simple. It's apparently, it's something that... I naturally showed up. As soon as someone t- tries to make things too difficult, the very first thing I start doing is, wait a minute, let's deconstruct that because you're explaining it to me and it doesn't have to be that difficult. So I, I literally get, and then before you know it, I summarize it in two sentences and people go like, and then now I get it. And there's this, just like when you ask someone, um, how are you? And they say to you, I'm busy. <laughs> that wasn't the question. I didn't ask you what you're doing. I asked you how you are mm-hmm. and how you're doing. Uh, this is the same thing. It's just like a sort a form of status to make things so complex or to explain them so complex. So people think, oh, you must be very smart knowing good. all that. Uh, yeah, you mu- you're very busy. I call it the busy badge of honor. I'm beyond yeah. that. Thank you very much. Let's blow that out of the water. It's like, oh, you have time to read Harry Potter with your daughter before you hop on a podcast interview? Yeah, I do. Yeah. You know, because that's... 
right? That's yeah. making that's making space <laughs> for what matters, you know, and it, it's connecting. And yeah, I, I love that you're both about that simplicity. And it, that is a gift, by the way, to be able to take that complex and make it simple. And of course, the fact that the majority of us are out in this world going, I do feel overwhelmed, also means that our attention is not able to take more complex things, even if we wanted to. And most of the time, it's like, don't have time for that. But <laughs> yeah, but it is. I mean, it is a fight for attention. I mean, every mm-hmm. entrepreneur listening to this is going to be able to share multiple experiences of how they've been posting on social media, trying to reach out to people and not getting a lot of traction. And that is because there are a lot of people doing the exact same thing. So in all of that noise, people won't see you unless you're being you. I mean, just like us. I mean, both Gail and I are rebellious. We don't like rules, especially if rules don't have a goal or a purpose anymore and people Mm -hmm. hold on to them just because they've existed yeah. Up to this point, we're like the first. If it doesn't work anymore, we need to say goodbye rule and do something new uh, and really work into having effective and fun lives. I mean, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be complex. And I think that that's one of the things that doing the opposite of what the majority is doing is is what will help you move forward into the future. I mean, mm. the, I know since then, since... Um, Helen, in this case, told me that you, your gift is to make things that other people find complex, easy and simple. I really, do, I really stepped into that and started to do everything that I can to reduce it to what are we really talking about? What is the, the essence of the thing? So people can consume it in a way they either get an insight or discard it because it's not for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, I really love, and you can see with this is that you will track that tribe. I mean, oh. every guest to this point <laughs> loves the California roll. Oh, yeah. We have a couple of that go off tangent. Yeah, but you know. But still the California <laughs> The outliers. <role>. Yeah. <laughs> and you need those, don't yeah, you? you need those. Absolutely you do. I welcome them. <laughs> we're, we're disruptive by nature, so we have to have a couple of others. Plus but more California roll for me. So. Exactly. <laughs> Lisa. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> For us, you're absolutely right. And, but also in in terms of traits, I mean, all of them make something difficult. Explain it in a simple way. All of us are resourceful. All of us try to to, to have fun. And it's attracting those people more and more. And the bigger Mm. that group gets, the more it becomes normal. Yeah. And we're inspiring at every point to say, this is possible. I, I love it. I absolutely, I absolutely love it. I'm really, I'm really getting a, a, a good feel and appreciation for your work as well, Lisa. Don't worry, you're going to be hearing from me again. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I look forward to it. Oh yeah. But um, so, Lisa, for our listeners out there, what are the top tips you can give them for simplifying their lives? What are the say five things? Especially, you'd think that considering that we've all been in the midst of a global pandemic and we've all spent most times in our houses over the past five months or so, you'd think that things would get easier, but it doesn't seem to. I don't have time to clean my house. It doesn't seem like it. But so, what would you say are, are your five top tips for just taking things down a notch and keeping it simple? Well, let's start with the fact that what we are all dealing with right now, and this is sort of an overall, a global awareness, if you will, Mm -hmm. there is an underlying community stress that we are all dealing with. 
And, and thankfully, you know, we have these joyous moments together. And that's why I appreciate so much what you're doing in highlighting the fun and the connection that we're having because we need this right here. What you're listening to today is a stress reducer. Just want to point that out, which is awesome. So keep doing it. Understanding what's going on around you and what it takes from you, which of course goes back to that self-awareness as well. Getting that, that it's like when you think, oh, but I don't think I'm doing anything extra. Why am I so drained or why am I struggling to get stuff done? Well, because there are things going on. It's just that it's invisible and it's not always at the forefront of your mind. So honoring that, giving yourself that extra space and time, that grace, if you will, to Mm -hmm. say, you know what, I need some extra sleep or I need some extra downtime or some extra sushi. Or, you know, I mean, it's like honoring that is important. Then the next thing is really the self-awareness of, well, what are my thresholds? It's doing that work. And I know it can sound tough at first, but like with anything productive, when you do that work ahead of time, all the rest of the steps are that much quicker that much simpler, that much easier. So it's really not about saying, well, I have to do more work than I thought. It's about doing more of it up front to set yourself up for success. So, right, doing that work. Okay. The third thing is capturing, capturing all the things you feel like you need to do. You feel like you're not getting done. It could be something along the lines of David Allen's getting things done, a mind sweep. I have what's called the focus file because I have the thing for alliteration. And uh, it's, but it's this idea of five minutes, five minutes and just taking it all out of your head and putting it down in a safe spot. Our heads are meant to troubleshoot and to create and to dream, not to hold information. Oh, our heads are meant to troubleshoot and to dream, not to hold information. Let that one sink in. Well, let me tell you, if that's not disruptive thinking, I don't know what is. Because everyone always wants to hold on to stuff and, oh, I have to remember this. And what happens when you're trying to remember something so desperately? Are you mindful? Are you in the moment with what you're doing? Or are you having that constant chatter in your brain of saying, do not forget that you are going to be doing this later? You, you can't be fully present. And when you're not fully present, what happens? Absolutely. Absolutely. That was like three big tips. Uh, the, the next one after that is simply keep referring back to your core values or in the case of your business, your mission statement. My, the entrepreneurs I work with, I say, what's your mission? Has it changed, by the way? Because sometimes you have mission creep and it's because you, you're, you're getting off track or sometimes it's a sign that your mission that it was originally is off track and you have some thinking to do, right? Make sure they're connected. Keep questioning. See, you two have that, that disruptor vibe, which I absolutely love. And I balance you or I guess compliment you in the fact that I'm a questioner. So I'm always asking, Mm. is it still working for you? Is it still you? Is that authentic? Is the reason you're not getting something done because you haven't had time or because it's really not aligned with who you are Mm. and what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. That's a fantastic, fantastic question. Huge, very powerful question. There's a lot of stuff we push off and we don't do. And when you stop to finally think about it, it's not like I didn't get to it because I didn't value it. Because think about the stuff that you absolutely value and love and you're so passionate about. You get that ish done, don't you? Don't you just? Yes. Very true. Very, very true. Lisa, can I... 
can I jump to um, one of the things that sparked me in your introduction is your business is called Positively Productive Systems. Now, mm-hmm. I'm all for positivity. You're all for systems. I, I know. I know. I know. Don't tell anyone, but I know. <laughs> It'll be just between us. Don't tell anyone just, else. Just between us. I, just I, among us. Yeah. Just, just now, now people are wondering why you said that. So for those of you that are wondering right now and have a question mark in your brain going, <laughs> what are they talking about? I have spent almost 15 years having a career in IT. I am a techie. Isn't she just? And I still geek out of everything IT. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was not going to be my question. Positively um, <laughs> productive systems is why did you call it positively productive? To me, even though I was starting as a professional organizer, I knew that it had something to do with opening and making space, helping people declutter, helping people have things in place. My my whole my whole end game, my whole, my whole goal my entire life has been coming at things with positivity. And I want to be clear about that. It's more of the can-do attitude because mm. I do think it can be taken too far, yeah. like with toxic positivity, and I've spoken out against that already. It's more of the idea of focusing on the potential and the opportunities wherever you can. And again, alliteration. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and so when I was thinking of, well, okay, we're doing the things like organizing and decluttering and, and figuring out the systems, but what's the end game here? Well, you want to be positively productive. And I, I just, I liked the, the I sound that. of it and the feel of it. And it, it felt like that's the goal. I love it. Well, in that case, if positively productive systems were a sushi, what would the ingredients be? Mm. With or without sauce. Okay. (laughs) Actually, if positively productive systems were a sushi, it would be a make your own sushi bar. (laughs) Well done, Lisa. This lady's sharp. It's all the sushi. <laughs> so it's omega threes in the fish. So uh, <laughs> I love that. Make your own sushi. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm, exactly. I love that. And it's perfect for your business. It really is. So, oh, Lisa, we could talk to you all day. There's no doubt. So we could certainly speak to you time and time again. However, before we go, I just know there are going to be so many listeners that want reach out to you they want to know more about you they want to know about your work how can they work with you so what would be the best way for them to connect with you I would love to hear from everyone listening. You can find out more about me and find links to all the places that I hang out on my website, positivelyproductive.com. And the places I hang out the most would be Facebook at Positively Productive. And I have extra fun on Instagram and that's positively underscore Lisa. There's kids and cats. And when I can get back to sushi again, uh, because I'm a little bit far away from it, but that's happening this weekend. There are pictures of that and coffee and memes and Venn diagrams and all the fun things. So I'd I'd love to see you there. (laughs) And that's positively underscore Lisa. That is. Yes. Mm, Looks like I'm going to be doing a little Insta stalking later. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Love it. See you there. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lisa, it has been a joy. Before we wrap up, Lubna, is there anything you would like to add before we go? One of my favorite quotes that I like to end in in closing, and it's something, you know, we've talked about simplifying and, and, you know, trying to go in a direction that's really meaningful to us. And sometimes we as entrepreneurs feel that pressure to to change and to grow and to do better. And while I encourage you to do that, remember the quote from Sophia Bush, or at least the paraphrase, is that you're allowed to be a work in progress and a masterpiece simultaneously. Oh, absolutely. That's one of my favorites as well, actually. You are allowed to be a work in progress and a masterpiece simultaneously. Love it. Yeah, so celebrate who you are right this moment. Right here and now. Love it. Love, love it. it. Love it. Love it. Great stuff. Great stuff. Luby, before we go, is there anything you would like to say, Han? How can I add to everything that Lisa has already shared? I mean, there are not a lot of moments that I render speechless, but yeah, sure. I need some processing time. So wow. thank you, Lisa. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, Lisa. That's a first. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> Okay. So thank you so much listeners for listening to another episode of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. And of course, we would like to know what your biggest takeaway has been from this particular conversation. So take a moment, share it with us in our Facebook group, the Entrepreneur Sushi Club, or drop us a comment. Why not? You will find the link in the description of this episode. And of course, if you know somebody who will benefit from listening to this episode, don't keep it to yourself. 